He slipped off the bed, automatically pulling on his trousers and reaching for his coat. Slipping one arm into a sleeve, he reached for the door handle and turned it quietly. As he pushed it open, Anyi came into view. She was leaning over Gol, a blade catching the light of the night lamps, poised, ready to strike. He felt his heart lurch in alarm and disbelief. What? he began. At the sound, Anyi turned to look at him with the enviable speed of youth. It was not Anyi. Just as quickly, not Anyi's attention moved back to Gol and the knife stabbed downwards, but hands rose to grab the assassin's wrist and stop it. Gol surged up off the bed. Sari was through the door by then, but checked his stride as a new thought overrode his intention to stop the woman. Where's Anyi? He turned to see that another struggle was underway over at the second makeshift bed, only this time it was the intruder who was pressed to the mattress, holding back the hands that held a knife hovering just above his chest. Sari felt a surge of pride for his daughter. She must have woken in time to catch the assassin and turned his attack against him. But her face was stretched in a grimace of effort as she tried to force the knife down. Despite the assassin's small size, the muscles of his wrists and neck were well-developed. Anyi would not win this trial of brute force. Her advantage was her speed. He took a step toward her. Get out of here, Sari! Gol barked. Anyi's arms were forced back as her concentration was broken. She sprang out of reach of the assassin. He leapt off the bed and dropped into a fighting stance, whipping out a long, thin knife from within a sleeve. But he did not advance on her. His gaze moved to Sari. Sari had no intention of leaving the fight to Anyi and Gol. He might one day have to abandon Gol, but this was not that day. He would never abandon his daughter. He had slipped his other arm into the coat sleeve automatically, Now he stepped backwards and feigned fear while reaching into the pockets and wriggled his hands into the wrist straps of his favourite weapons. Two knives, the sheaths fastened inside the pockets so that the blades would be bare and ready when Sari drew them out. The assassin leapt towards Sari. Ani sprang at him. Sari did too. It was not what the man expected. Nor did he expect the twin knives that trapped his own or the blade that, well-aimed, slid through the soft flesh of his neck. He froze in surprise and horror. Sari ducked away from the spray of blood as Anyi withdrew her knife, knocked the assassin's knife from his hand, then finished him with a stab to the heart. Very efficient. I've trained her well. With Gol's help, of course. Sari turned to see how his friend was faring and was relieved to see the female assassin lying in a growing pool of blood on the floor. Gol looked at Sari and grinned. He was breathing hard. So am I, Sari realised. Anyi bent and ran her hands over the male attacker's clothing and hair, then rubbed her fingers together. Soot, he came down the chimney into the house above. She looked at the old stone stairs leading up to the basement door speculatively. Ceri's mood soured. However the pair had got in, or found them in the first place, this was no longer a safe hiding place. 
He scowled down at the dead assassins, considering the last few people he might call on for help and how they might reach them. A small gasp came from the doorway. He turned to see Cardia, wrapped only in a sheet, staring wide-eyed at the dead assassins. She shuddered, but as she looked at him, her dismay turned to disappointment. I guess you won't be staying another night then. Sir e shook his head. Sorry about the mess. She regarded the blood and bodies with a grimace, then frowned and peered up at the ceiling. Sari hadn't heard anything, but Ani had lifted her head at the same time. They all exchanged worried looks, not wanting to speak unless their suspicions were true. He heard a faint creak, muffled by the floorboards above them. As soundless.